Hello. Hi there. We are Filthy and Arcadian Lady, and this is Incompletely Articulate. I'm sure you know by now that Incompletely Articulate is a podcast where each of us will perform a poem that we've written in the last week or so straight down your ears, and Rachel is going first and may be about to tell you what it is that she has done. Good setup. I think this was another one of those um, where like a line sticks with me or comes to my head, and then I write it in my phone and then develop it into something like a few days later. So um, there was something about a storm that I read, and I thought that's really interesting, and then obviously made it about me, because that's what I do. So, okay. I was scared when I saw the storm. Scared because I wanted to run straight towards it, to let it rip through me, my face upturned to the sky as consciousness is swept away. I feel so safe with you. I barely noticed the storm raging outside of your embrace, but as you move away, my sight was clear. My face upturned to the sky as I ran towards the grey. The wind at my back, the rain on my face, I wanted to be swept away. So it's quite destructive. Yeah, I've had a interesting week or so. <laughs> I sort of, I haven't been like properly down, but I've just been it's a bit flat. And then when you're not like up all the time, then you're more aware of the sort of dips, I think, in your mood. So I sort of, yeah, I think that probably sort of came from that. Sometimes... You're not actually feeling that bad when something takes over like that, that a destructive thing isn't necessarily what comes from the the depths of most being under attack and things. Sometimes mm. the destructive thing is just trying to feel something when you're numb. Yeah, exactly. And it's also like it was very much a kind of... Like somehow the image of a storm, just from reading it, I don't know whether I read it in like an article or in a book, I can't even remember, but... Yeah, the idea of it like stuck with me and sort of became a sort of rainy windstorm, sort of very grey and things being uprooted and stuff. And then that became like, oh, that's such a dramatic thing to happen. Like, I feel nothing. Imagine why I'd feel like if I ran through that, that would be really intense and scary, but awesome. Yes, yeah, because it's not a it's not a self-destructive thing. It's uh, being prepared to take on whatever, even if that ends up being destructive. Yeah. It could have been really exhilarating, like I sort of survived a storm situation, or it could be, it could have ripped me apart, but I wanted to find out. Which I'm sure is a metaphor for something. I'm sure it is. Because <laughs> everything's a metaphor for something. Especially in poetry. Do you want to do yours? Do you want to tell us what it's about, or do you want to just jump into it? So when I go anywhere... I've got my headphones on and I'm ignoring everything. We've spoken about this a couple of times briefly before. And then the other day I had some, uh, I had some music on. It was instrumental. And then, but I was still oddly for me really aware of other people. So there were these five, actually I think there were more, but there were these five that I can remember, like sets of couples that I, happened upon or something noticed small scenes of and then this is sort of what I imagined I could hear them saying to each other when I couldn't hear what they were saying to each other. I'm excited, let's hear this. He held her hand with a sort of grip that was scared. He was more scared she might slip from his grasp and that she'd get hurt. She said, that girl's in a pretty skirt and hey look over there at that other girl's amazing hair he said it's almost as if you wanted me to up and leave you for someone else she smirked gently to herself 
She said, Quand je rêve de toi, c'est ton anglaise, mais on vit nulle part en jamais. She said, Mais non, vous rêvez sans long, et il habite en France du cerveau, on le décrypte. She cuts him off, I know. His hand was at rest on her thigh, but the direction of their eyes said their focuses didn't agree. She said, isn't that view pretty? And he returned a simple yes as he stared at some other girl's chest. As she balled her fist, she said, I'm a pacifist, but I'll make an exception for you. He said, I'm a pacifist too, but I make exceptions for myself. She leaned in and whispered the cheapest parting shot I ever heard, then turned and left without another word. He bit his quivering lips and closed his eyes, then mouthed the noiseless goodbye towards the back of her head drifting away. Two teardrops glistened as his skin turned grey. That's the order you chose? Yeah. Wow, that's really awesome. Ends on kind of a, oh, okay. I really like it, you're going to have to translate the French. Oh, it's about how the whole thing is a, the subtext of that stanza is about miscommunication and how you're not saying the thing that you think you're saying, but also it's a, it's literally about how dreams are without language and stuff. Okay. Some people know what it means and other people, that will bore them if I go into it. Oh, okay. You don't want to just do it what, like what it means in English? Uh, no. Okay. Fair enough. That's how you wrote <laughs> just it. Just because it wouldn't work. Okay, fair enough. Well, I suppose that works with the concept of the standard, doesn't it? Because <laughs> in translation, it's not going to work. Plus, I think it's very bad French. So um, someone who could speak it might tell me off for how badly I translated it if I told them what I thought it meant. Oh, yeah. Well, probably best not to take that risk then. <laughs> what was your favourite one to write out of the uh, different couples? Oh, uh, certainly the the fourth one, because that's a... A thing I've tried to use before, the, the pacifist who makes exceptions for themselves. I, lo- I really like that line. Yeah, which I, I kind of stole from something that I'd done before, but... Oh, if you, you know. stole it from yourself, that's pretty much all right. Yeah. That's fine. I really like the first bit as well about the grip of the hand, because like, that's the first line, but it's like a, an image that everyone can immediately jump on board with, which is nice. Yeah. And I think I might have used that before, like, about something about holding you so tight that you were scared they'd slip away or just something like that. So that kind of reminded me of that, which I like. It's a very natural thing to do. There are, there are two ways of holding something that's precious, aren't there? There's the way you cradle it as if you're scared it's going to break. Mm-hmm. And there's the way you hold something as if you're scared you're going to lose it. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that it knew that this was the, the second of those and not the, the first one. Yes, because the first one has connotations of like giving them space and letting them sort of develop and, but also sort of being there. It's more protective than this is mine. I don't know. I don't think any of these are happy things necessarily. No. But I'm not trying to put values with any of them, but you know what I mean? They'd like, I'm not quite sure what made me impose these quite dramatic things on people. Yeah. I think that, um, it's sort of hard, like, if you overhear, like, a snapshot from a conversation, I think if it sounded too sort of perfect and stuff, especially just when you hear, like, three lines or something, the only way that could actually be proper and sound fine and not sound dodgy in any way could be, like, if it was, like, scripted, like, extras in a scene or something, because you're just hearing a bit of their lives, you don't have the context, so it's never going to be, like, you can't really make, like, a 
this was a happy thing they said or whatever. You've just kind of observed it. But there was a thing that I did ages ago, wasn't there, about things that I'd actually heard. Yeah, on the tube? That was on the tube. I can't remember when that was. Someone will tell us. Maybe. Please tell us. But so this very much wasn't that. Okay, so you created a lot of this. Yeah, as I say, it was... The, yeah. Well, I mean, I think for actually there's a sort of connection this week in that yours is about destructive things and mine's sort of about destructive relationships. Yeah. And we don't often get the chance to say, I think there's a connection this week. No, that was one of the um, initial sort of ideas behind the podcast. I'm sure if you've listened back from like sort of one and two and three, we were pretty vigilant about even pointing out that there was no link for some of them. Then we just sort of gradually stopped because our stuff can be quite different sometimes. But that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so if you have enjoyed this, or even if you haven't, why not check out some of the older ones? We can be found on Facebook. If you do a search for Incompletely Articulate and then um, like our page, then all the links to us on Podbean, etc. go up on there. That's just one of the ways of being linked to all our stuff. All our stuff might include the iTunes, where our entire back catalogue is. Again, you just have to search for us. You can do subscribing and rating and reviewing and gubbins like that. Yeah, and we also have a Tumblr, which is incompletelyarticulate.tumblr.com. And last week we managed to forget to thank Penreal T for hosting us on oh, SoundCloud. Thank and we you can't to do them. that twice in a row. <laughs> and do we have another? We're on Twitter at Incompletely Art because of character limits, but why not come and say hello to us? We will retweet links to things and sometimes just various chit chat. And we will speak to you next week. <laughs> say bye. Bye.